Welcome to the Mink Medic Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Suresh Kawadka. I'm a GP and lifestyle physician, and I'm a practicing carnivore. I've had great success myself and with patients by following a carnivore diet, and I want to spread the word about how to achieve optimal health through diet, nutrition, and lifestyle changes. In today's episode, I want to discuss intuitive eating and what it means. I say discussed a lot on the carnivore forums, eating till satiety, but what does this actually mean? Now, I recently saw a patient who was concerned that they weren't, so sometimes just weren't hungry, and this really actually was concerning them a lot. They were worried that this was somehow abnormal and that they should always feel hungry or, or at least want to eat really large meals. Now, of course, my medical training took over and took me straight to thoughts like cancer, bowel disease, and so on. Thankfully, of course, after a comprehensive consultation, there weren't any issues found and I was able to reassure my patient and use the opportunity to discuss the diet and metabolic health. I questioned why they thought it was a bad thing that they sometimes just weren't hungry. It got me thinking a bit about intuitive eating. It's something I discuss a lot with my patients and it's something I've personally become a lot more in tune with since starting the carnivore diet. So what is intuitive eating? On the website intuitiveeating.org, they talk about the 10 principles of intuitive eating. So I think that's a good place to start. So they talk about rejecting diet mentality, honoring hunger, making peace with food, challenging the food police, discovering satisfaction, feeling fullness, coping with emotions with kindness and not food, respecting your body, movement, and honoring your health. Now you can read the website, but what does this actually all mean? Well, in a nutshell, it means not restricting foods and stop looking for quick fixes, respecting being hungry and understanding what it means, accepting that food is okay and it's nutrition for the body, understanding that we aren't good or bad depending on the food that we eat, learning our satiety signals and when we don't need any more food, and accepting our body as long as we are healthy. I think all very good advice on the whole. But what does this actually mean in real life? Well, we all know there's no quick fixes when it comes to nutrition and diet. The idea that we are what we eat does actually have some merit, but it's not as simple as we'll eat fat and you'll be fat. In fact, it's often quite the opposite. Fat consumption generally helps us to lose weight. But if you eat garbage, well, you probably will be garbage. There's really not much way around that. Some people are more tolerant than others of bad food, but bad food will inevitably lead to bad health. I mean, it's pretty much a fact of life. I do agree, though, with the idea of not going on yo-yo diets, repeated dieting, as they can cause more harm than good. And generally, people who cereal diet will gain weight over time and end up with more health problems as a result of the food that they consume. Now, I actually somewhat disagree about restricting foods, though. Restricting foods, I think, can be a good thing, but of course we have to be sensible about it. Restrictive eating isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not healthy to say, well, you can eat as much ice cream as you like. You'll never be healthy if that's all you eat. Eating a little bit of ice cream isn't going to kill you, but it also isn't really healthy for you. But that's okay. If it helps you to maintain your healthy nutrition and health goals by providing you at least some psychological relief, you know, otherwise known as cheat meals, I think that's okay. 
there's a lot of evidence that this actually can be very beneficial for some people. Now, some people say carnivore diet is incredibly restrictive because of just the narrow diet. And I hear a lot of people, patients that come to see me, saying that they, they just they can't do low carb, they can't do keto because it's just oh, it's too restrictive. But I actually disagree with that statement. I don't feel it's restrictive at all because I'm eating the food that I want to eat. How can that possibly be restrictive? I think it's only restrictive if, you're, if you aren't eating the food that you want to eat. So if you really want to eat ice cream and you, not, you can't eat ice cream, well, that is a restrictive diet. The real question, though, is why do you want to eat the ice cream in the first place if you know it's bad for you? How can that be good to eat bad food? Look, maybe a little cheat here and there can help you, but we've got to accept, I think, that some food actually just is bad for us. So the next big part, of course, is listening to our hunger signals. Now, the website actually says in this part that carbs are good, and I pretty much completely disagree with that. External or exogenous carbohydrates are factually shown to be non-essential to life, which means you don't ever need to eat carbohydrates. But I digress slightly. Listening to our hunger signals really does actually mean what it sounds like. Listening to your body and understanding what hunger is. So hunger is defined as an uncomfortable sensation caused by insufficient dietary energy. Now that's a pretty bland kind of statement really, but it basically means that, you know, it's not nice to, to be hungry and you probably need to eat. It's not a cue though that you need to just go and gorge yourself immediately or that you will somehow die if you don't get that food. But it does sometimes feel like that. If it feels like that, and you're getting hangry and so forth, it's probably because your hormone leptin is being blocked. Leptin is produced by fat cells and essentially tells your brain, hey, I've got enough fat already. Don't worry about it. You're not starving. This hormone can be pretty effectively blocked by insulin, which of course is produced primarily through the ingestion of carbohydrates and sugars. It's kind of the equivalent of your brain having one of those really big kind of you know dog cones on and it can't see the rest of its body. If it can't see your energy stores, as soon as your stomach is empty, it thinks you're going to die because, well, it's empty and it's got no fuel. Eating a high-carbohydrate diet will block leptin and make your hunger signals completely screwed up. And so it will make you feel like you need to eat immediately and gorge yourself or you'll die. Now, it's kind of like, leptin's kind of like the fuel gauge in your car, and your fat cells are your fuel tank. But insulin has basically just kind of cut the fuel lines. So you've got all this, this fuel, but you can't see it, you can't use it. And what you end up having to do is just constantly get out of the car and just pour fuel into the engine directly. It's incredibly inefficient way of working, and every five miles or whatever, you're just, you're just going to conk out and you're going to feel terrible. If you can get the insulin down, well, basically, you're re-engaging you're re those fuel lines. You're reconnecting them. Anyway, a lot of people need to relearn hunger signals when going on a low-carb diet, especially carnivore, because their brain isn't actually used to the effect of leptin. They don't know what that feels like. And some people get really hungry. Others actually don't get hungry at all and don't eat enough. 
Now the second part of this kind of part is learning satisfaction. Now this refers to the sensation of feeling full and being satiated. Now we don't want to eat till we're bursting, that's uncomfortable and unpleasant. On the whole we don't even really want to feed, eat till we feel full, as the chances are we probably actually ate too much. But eating to satiation is a different thing altogether. It means eating until you're done. Not bursting, just pleasantly filled. Now, just like the patient in the example earlier, if you've ever eaten a meal and halfway through you felt, you know what, I'm okay, I'm done. That's okay. You're eating to satiation and satisfaction and that's a good thing. It promotes healthy eating behaviour and is unlikely to produce eating disorders. This is of course not exclusive to enjoying food. We can just totally enjoy food whilst not overeating or indulging in unhealthy eating behaviours. Most people will tell you that eating meat will tell you it's a great steak, it's highly enjoyable, probably more than a tub of ice cream in fact, yet infinitely more healthy and they aren't overeating. We don't have to eat unhealthy food to feel good or enjoy the food we eat. It's a common misconception that health food, the healthy food tastes bad and unhealthy food tastes good. In fact many times it's the opposite, the exception being sugar of course because it's a drug. Now we have taste buds for a reason and it's okay it's to, it's to tell our body that we're putting food in it and it's good or bad for us. Again with the exception of sugar, if it tastes good the chances are our body wants it and if it tastes bad the body probably doesn't want it. The human race has kind of just forgotten how to listen to our own bodies. Making peace with food and honouring your health means not beating yourself up if you have a slight slip up. You're not going to screw your body up if you have a sip of orange juice or a scoop of ice cream, but if you do it repeatedly every single meal, then maybe yes, you're going to have a problem, but once in a while won't really hurt anything. You can't undo a whole day or week of good eating and nutrition with a single slip up, so don't panic and don't blame yourself, just get back into eating in a healthy manner and shrug it off. Coping with emotions and not food is important. Emotional eating can be a major health problem and we need to learn how to regulate our emotions without resorting to food. Now many people can sympathise with opening a tub of ice cream when we're feeling down or tired for that quick dopamine hit from the sugar, but it doesn't usually last very long, quickly goes away and we're left with feeling a feeling of guilt and emptiness and we're probably still hungry anyway and so we just eat more and the cycle kind of just continues. So coming back to my patient, my example of the patient who didn't feel hungry, what did I do with them? Well of course after my medical training kicked in and I initially jumped straight to cancer and other health, health issues, I kind of reorganised in my head and actually the first thing I actually said to the patient was, why does this concern you? Now this wasn't someone who never wanted to eat, he wasn't cachectic, the medical term for significantly underweight, and this was someone who was a healthy BMI, in fact slightly overweight if anything. They just sometimes ate and halfway through the meal didn't want to finish it. So after a proper consultation and examination didn't show anything significant, of course I reassured them and explained that actually this was all pretty normal and they were just simply listening to their body. We went on to discuss further things around intuitive eating and listening to hunger signals and exploring their metabolic health. But it got me thinking. How far have we gone as a society that we think sometimes just not being hungry is pathological? 
that we need to fear not being hungry or something to worry about, that we're somehow harming ourselves if we're not full to bursting with food all the time. And for the rest of the day, I just couldn't help thinking how crazy this is as a society that we pathologicalize not eating when we aren't hungry. We're so addicted to eating that we just feel unwell when we don't eat, even if we're not even hungry, and that we worry when we're not hungry. And we need to see the doctor because sometimes we just didn't want to eat. It's perfectly acceptable not to be hungry all the time, or want to eat all the time. As a society, we've created so much disordered eating, and it's hard to know when it started really, but I'd wager it probably came in around the time of the infamous breakfast is the most important meal of the day line. How many times have we heard that? And it's still touted today. A simple Google search will reveal hundreds of health sites stating this as fact. But do you know where it came from? Kellogg's. It was a 19th century marketing campaign to sell breakfast cereal. Absolutely no evidence in health. And it just shows the power that marketing and money has over all of our health policies and behaviours. Breakfast has never been the most important meal of the day. Breakfast is, but we'll cover that in another upcoming episode on fasting. So the marketing line really creates disordered eating. And we tell our kids and ourselves that they must eat breakfast, even if they're not hungry. Now, that really is the very definition of disordered eating, telling someone to eat when they're not hungry. How can that possibly be good for someone? How many times have we told people you must finish everything on your plate? Even if you're not hungry, you must eat it all. You can't waste food. How many times have our parents told us that? How many times do we tell our kids that? That you can't get dessert if you don't finish your veggies? Well, why are we even eating dessert every meal anyway? Is completely non-essential. And why are we rewarding our kids for eating something they don't want to eat? That's just madness and is guaranteed to create disordered eating. So intuitive eating is difficult but it starts with us parents and we have to do better to educate our kids on how and what to eat, when to eat and how to listen to their hunger signals and satiety signals and of course ourselves as adults. Now, I don't have the magic answer, but I try. I'm a parent. I've got three young kids. I completely get it. It's bloody annoying when you make dinner and they don't want to eat it. And then five minutes later, they're suddenly hungry again. Now, I'm not immune to that. Half the time, my kids don't even eat their food and then they just want to go and eat something five minutes later. Sometimes food gets wasted. And it sucks, but I try to listen to them. I make them food. A selection of food usually and I kind of just put it on the table. They pick what they want and they eat how much they want. Now when we first started doing this it was kind of just chaos but over time they've become a bit more sensible and pick mainly what they want to eat and ask for more if they're still hungry. Anything left over gets eaten later and generally they want actually far less sugar than they used to and they want to eat more wholesome food, more meat and actually sometimes they want to eat vegetables. They haven't gone full carnivore like me, but that's fine because they're eating what they want to. And I believe that's probably what's best for them. I believe they're listening to their body and their bodies are telling them, go and eat vegetables. And that's fine with me. So intuitive eating is difficult, but not impossible. It takes some effort 
and definitely takes some getting used to, but we can all do it. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Meet Medic podcast. Subscribe for more episodes, and if you want to support this podcast, please see the links in the description. Thank you for this. Li- Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meek Medic Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help to spread the word that how, how we can improve mental and physical health through diet and nutrition. If you are imp- interested in improving your own... Okay, let's just re-record that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meek Medic Podcast. If you found this episode useful, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help out the channel to grow. If you have found this useful and you want to improve your physical and mental health further, please do check out my website, themeekmedic.com, where you can find all my eBooks are currently 50% off with the code 50OFF. That's code 50OFF50OFF for 50% off all eBooks. Take care. Thank you. See you in the next episode.